morning, looking at Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 15 through 16. These are going to be uh, my scripture text. This is what I'm going to read to you guys uh, just to get started. But then we're going to be looking at the book of Nehemiah and his story and just kind of going over some things that happened in his life and uh, particularly one one item that Nehemiah found important important in his life. Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 15 and 16 says, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month, Elul, in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So we're looking at this the story of of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, a, a an Israelite, a a child of God, um, coming out of a of a time of captivity. This is a this is kind of part two of a two part story of the children of Israel going into captivity, coming back out, and going back to Jerusalem from the exile, and and. We find where this story picks up in this part two where Nehemiah has a burden and a desire to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now this morning as I, as I preach on this, I teach on this, we talk about it, however you want to consider it there. I want you to put out of your mind the political aspects in today's day that could be put behind this as we talk about a wall. Just put that out of your mind. We're not even thinking about that this morning. We're thinking about the walls of Jerusalem and the story of Nehemiah. In the first words of Nehemiah, we find where this this man, that this this uh, this child of God is is concerned about God's people and God's holy city. Nehemiah asked about the people and about the city. And I I can imagine that as he asked about how things are going in Jerusalem, how things are happening as as the children of Israel are moving back in to to Jerusalem, and as they are rebuilding the city and, and the temple, and as things are coming back together, I can imagine that maybe in Nehemiah's mind that he, he thought that things were going to be good, that, that things were, 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 were happening the way that they should be. He's expecting a good report. He's wanting to hear how they are home and everything is great and, and all things are running smoothly. But Nehemiah is told as he asks about this, this moment, this time in history, he is told that the city is still in ruins, that the walls have been torn down and that they are still destroyed and just scattered blocks on the ground and that the people are not doing well in Jerusalem. Nehemiah is distressed by this report. He prays, he fasts, and he confesses his own sins, and he asks for God to intervene in this situation, this time, this trouble, this thing that's weighing heavy on his heart. He he, he finds a place, not just for himself, where, where he feels that he can do something, but he goes to God and he says, God, I need your help to intervene in this situation. 
Nehemiah being the cupbearer of the king, he comes before the king as normal. He he comes into the presence of the king and 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 he he brings him whatever it is that he's supposed to be doing that day. And the king notices that Nehemiah has a sad countenance about him. And the king asks Nehemiah, he says, What's wrong? And and he tells him, he tells the king of his city's ruins. And he tells the king of, 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 of the problems that they are facing and, and how it's weighing heavy upon him. And then Nehemiah requests to go and to rebuild in that city. Nehemiah, you got to understand that this was not a normal request of someone, that, that someone who is a servant to the king does not have the authority or the ability to stand before the king and to request such a request to to make such a request in his presence he he's literally risking his life to stand before the king and to say I, I i want to go and to rebuild the city i want to go and to rebuild the walls i would like to go and to refortify another location but nehemiah doesn't stop there he asked for the king to give him a letter of protection. He asked for the king to send him soldiers to guard him and materials to build with. He's really going out on a limb, but uh, some of us would say walking by faith, that he's, he's just believing that God is going to supply what it is that he needs. And he makes this request to the king, and the king allows for all of these things to happen. He, he sends Nehemiah on his way, and he sends him with protection, and he sends him with this letter, and he sends him with guards, and he sends him with materials to build with, and he says, go and rebuild the walls of your city. Nehemiah arrives at Jerusalem. He arrives at his city. And he discovers a city probably much worse than what he even imagined. The Bible records that in some areas that even horses could not travel through the city. That it was so run down, broken down, destroyed, crumbling, blocks laying all over the ground that horses could not even travel through the city. The temple has been rebuilt, but the people... And the people have reestablished the teachings of God, but the city is still in ruins and the walls are still on the ground. Nehemiah goes to the people of the city and he tells them, he makes a declaration to them that day. He says, I am going to rebuild the walls of this city. He tells them that it's not just him doing it, but he has been sent by God, He explains his favor and his fortune that he's had with the king and, and that God has allowed for him to come with blessing from the king and that God has allowed for him to come with materials to build with and God has allowed for him to come with a letter of protection and with guards and, 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 and for all of this and for the people to get behind him and to support him. And whenever the people hear this, they say, you know what, we're going to support you, Nehemiah. We're going to get behind you. We believe that you have been sent by God and that God is doing a great work through you and we will support what you are doing. And Nehemiah immediately begins assigning people to portions of the wall 
Scholars believe that the portions were directly related to their homes. That as, as Nehemiah would tell a family, this is your portion of the wall to build. That it would be connected to where they lived. That, that it became important to them to make sure that the wall right here, this, 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 this portion of the wall that we have been given, our home is going to be connected to this. Everything that we are is going to be connected to this part of the wall. Where we live, our support structure is going to be right here. So, so we've got to make sure that the wall where we live is strong. This is going to be the area that we are most connected to, an area that we would see every day, and we want it to be done right. Nehemiah and the people immediately begin working, and they begin uh, begin working on rebuilding this wall with everything that they had, the, the, the materials that came from the king, but all of the materials scattered on the ground. They're putting them up and they're rebuilding this wall. Unfortunately, like in our life, as he begins to do this work and as the people begin to do this work that is so important and even ordained of God, we find immediately where there is opposition where things come against Nehemiah and things come against the children of God. And immediately they find people that are going to come against them. The enemies of the children of Israel. You see, the last thing that they wanted was to see Jerusalem back in power. The last thing that they wanted to see was a fortified city, a, a city working on its own and a city operating like it used to. So the people, knowing that they could not go to war with them, seeing the guards and, and knowing that they had a letter of protection from the king, they, they started with mind games. This is all in Nehemiah. You can read through this and see. Knowing that they couldn't fight them, they decided to call them weak. They said that they were stupid. That they did not know what they were doing. That they could never build a wall. You are not wall builders. You cannot build this wall. They degraded the materials that they were working with. And, and, and in the Word of God, we find where one, one, of their, uh, one of their degrading remarks is that if a fox walked across the top of this wall, it will fall down. Getting into their minds and making them believe that they are nothing and cannot do what they have been given the command to do. Nehemiah, understanding the attack that's coming against them, he begins to pray. And as he prays, there is something that comes over the people. And they begin to push through and they continue to work. The enemies, whenever they realize that their mind games are not going to work, the enemy decides that they are going to attack them that they're going to take the risk and, and go ahead and attack them. And the people heard about this, and they went to Nehemiah with them. They said, Nehemiah, do you not understand that the enemies, our enemies have decided that they are going to physically attack us? So Nehemiah sent those, those guards that he had from the king, and he sent them up onto the wall to, to stand guard. And half of the men would work, and half of the men would be armed guards. Nehemiah also did 
this incredible thing where he told his workers, he said, I want you to be armed. I want you to uh, carry material with one hand and have a sword in the other. And the workers would work with one hand and, and wield a sword with the other. And if, if, your, if your work took both hands, your sword stayed at your side. And he sent a man with them to work with a horn. And he would tell him, stay with Nehemiah. And if I see the enemy coming, if I hear the enemy coming, I'm going to tell you, to sound the horn and whenever the horn blows all work will stop and we will begin to fight the battle that we have to fight to make sure that this wall that this work stays going Nehemiah I know this is a lengthy introduction I want you to understand though what all is happening in this story Nehemiah was determined that he was going to build the wall no matter what come against him, no matter if it was mental or physical, Nehemiah had in his mind, I am going to build this wall. If we've got to physically fight, we will do it. If we've got to overcome mental distractions, we will do it. Whatever we have to do, I'm going to build this wall. Grumblings happened within the walls of the city. We find again Nehemiah prays, he resolves issues, and he continues to work. Nothing was standing in his way. Many times Nehemiah could have found a quick road out. He could have found an opportunity to say it's not worth it anymore. I'm just going to go back to the king and be his cupbearer again. I had a good thing going, and a lot of things are coming against me. He could have said it's not worth it and went somewhere else. But we find over and over through this story, that Nehemiah stayed where he was, that he prayed, he fasted, he fought, and Nehemiah built that wall. In only 52 days, Nehemiah and a bunch of unskilled builders rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. While this is a great example of prayer and determination, a great example of, of, of a person who gets in his mind that, that we are going to accomplish a work and we are going to do something and finishes it and goes until the end. While we can take that understanding of who Nehemiah was and the mindset that he had and we can, we, we can implement that into our life and, and say this is what we're going to do and we're going to fight and we're going to continue until the end of days and, and this work will be com completed. While this is a great story for, for that, that's not where I'm at today. I, 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 I'm asking a question. Why the wall? Why the wall? Why the wall? What was it about the wall that Nehemiah said, I will go through anything? I will go through any heartache, any trouble, any trial. I will go against enemies that will come against me. I will go against spiritual and mental problems and hang-ups. Why? Why the wall? Why was this wall worth everything that Nehemiah went through? Why was it worth his life in going to the king? What was it whenever he heard that the wall was torn down and destroyed? What was it about the wall that made him say, I'm willing to go to the king and risk my life to ask to be able to go and rebuild this thing? 
Why was it worth his time and his effort? His prayer, his fasting, his sacrifice. Why was it worth him giving up everything that he had? Dealing with the enemies. Dealing with the grumblings that were happening inside with the people. Trying to keep the people motivated and working and coming up with battle strategies and the discomfort of carrying a tool in one hand and a sword in the other and and knowing at any point in time that you would have to stop work and fight for your life. Why, Why was the wall worth all of this? Why the wall? See, there was something about the wall that meant so much to Jerusalem. There was something about the wall that meant so much to Nehemiah and the people of God. It was more than just stone and mortar. It was more than just a a defining of who they were. It was more than just figurative of saying, we are a city. You see our wall around us. We are a a, a self-sustaining place. It was more than that. The wall had practical application behind it. That Nehemiah... And the people of God knew was worth fighting for. There were some advantages to the wall that they could not live without. That without it they could be overrun. That they could be destroyed at a moment's notice. Number one, we've got to understand that the wall around the city was their protection. These city walls were built... 10 feet or more thick. It was a job to try to get through these walls and because of their thickness, guards walked around the walls at all times. And because you could not get through the wall, it was a common practice for people to try to send things and other people over the wall. The guards were posted at all times to make sure that this did not happen. The wall sustained structures around it in every direction for lookouts. They were lookout towers and they would be up there and their only job would be to be scanning across the, the landscape to make sure that those who would try to, to defeat them and try to destroy them, that they would be watching for them, the watchmen on the wall. The wall was so important for their protection to make sure that as they slept at night that there were people that were there that were watching over them and that that wall would not allow for anyone to come in and destroy what they held so dear. The wall was first and foremost their protection. Number two, the wall was their separation. The wall was the one thing that separated them from the rest of the world. It was the one thing that defined who they were. Within that wall, within those city walls, they said we are a people of God. And anything outside of here is not of us. The wall was the one thing that separated them from the rest of the, of the world. The wall did not isolate them from the world, but it helped them to keep their identity of who they were. There was still interaction with the world. There were gates. We find whenever Nehemiah hears about the city, the city walls, it says that the walls have fallen and that the gates were burned. We understand that there were gates that were there. It was, it's intended as a barrier to keep out the bad, 
but to allow in the good. It doesn't, it doesn't keep us, uh, isolate us from the world, but it helps us to keep out the bad and only to allow in what we need to allow in. The walls had these large gates designed to open during the date during the day for trade and entrance was only allowed through the gate to controlled controlling at all times who and what entered into the city the gates would close at night refusing access to the city and when they were most vulnerable to attack it was their separation Number three, and lastly, the wall was a stabilizing piece of structure for the city. The wall was their support. The wall was the strongest and most stable part of the city. Historians and scholars, architects say that as they would build the wall where their homes would be, that they would build their home into the structure of the wall. We talked about that a few moments ago, where the where where the wall, where their their homes and their structures would be connected to the wall, would be built directly into the structure of the wall, and this would do two things: it would fortify their homes, but it would also give a point of strength to the wall. It would give it one more level of strength and stability. The wall would protect the home, would be the backing of the wall. Their homes would be the back, the back of their home would be the wall. And it would protect the homes. But when a large storm would come and heavy winds would blow and enemies would try to attack, they would know that if it's going to take down our home, it's first going to have to take down the wall. And I'm going to make sure that the wall is fortified we often preach on tearing down walls breaking chains destroying things that that bind us up and hurt us and and, and we, we there's a great time to preach on, on, on the tearing down of Jericho's walls and the marching around and and watching the enemy's walls fall down but we can talk about their walls falling and preach on that and, and discuss it and, and, and worship on it and, and praise and jump and shout. But if we never build our own, it never matters. It doesn't matter if the enemy's walls fall or not, if we have no wall in our life as well. Today I want to tell you that there is a wall in your life that must be built. That there is a wall that God has instructed us and has required of us to have built in our life. That must be constructed, that must be defended with everything that we have within us. Today I, I'm expressing to you that the wall of Jerusalem that we find, that we find in Nehemiah is our personal relationship with God and our dedication to His Word. You see, the enemy for many years, for generations, and it seems like even in our generation today has ramped up its attack and its fight to destroy the wall 
of, the, of our relationship with God and our dedication to his word. That the enemy understands that there is one thing that will protect us, that will keep us separate, and that will fortify us. And that is our relationship with God and our dedication to his word. The enemy has come into our life and our society, into our churches and our homes and our families and brick by brick until they have destroyed the wall. They have tried to tear down everything that is important to us. The most important thing that we have in our society, in our home, in our schools, in our families, in our own personal lives, The enemy has tried to destroy our relationship with God and our dedication to his word. We've got to be a people. We have got to be a people who understand the importance of our time spent in prayer, of our relationship with the one true living king, following the commands that we find in his word and letting it lead our lives each and every day. You see this wall, this wall of relationship and dedication to the word, it will be your protection. It will be your protection. 2 Samuel 22 verses 2 through 5 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer. The God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. My God is my protection. My God and his word is my protection. It will protect me whenever the enemy comes against me. There is no thing that can come against me that I know that my relationship with God and my calling upon him and my following his word will not Bring me through. God is my protector. Psalms 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Come on, is there anybody here today that can say, God is my protection? Can you testify that there's been a time that the enemy has tried to come in to your home, to your life, to your family? 
family, to your salvation and tried to destroy everything that you are and stand for. But there's been a moment that you've been able to step out and say, my God is my shield. He is my protection. You can turn to the word and read scripture and pray scripture and the enemy must flee. Come on, somebody give him praise for that this morning. He is my protection. He is my protection. He finds me in my time of need and covers me when I am weak. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into it and is safe. It's upon that wall of relationship with God and the word that we find the watchtower where the watchman of your soul resides. That just like in the days of Nehemiah as the wall surrounded the city, as the wall surrounds your life, God has placed a watchtower on that wall. And in that watchtower is a watchman that is watching the things going on all around us in the landscape of the society and the world that we live in. And his job is to stay vigilant, watching and sounding the alarm whenever the time comes. It's in that spiritual watchtower on this spiritual wall that you will find the man of God watching for the hidden enemies that's attempting to attack us at night in our moments when we are most vulnerable. It's in building the wall that we have given the man of God the authority and the liberty to be the watchman. And in that wall, we find submission to adhere to the warning. Every time pastor gets up behind this pulpit or sits down with you privately in the office or at a restaurant or in your home and he begins to tell you there's something in your life that doesn't look right. There's something that, that, that I'm, I'm concerned about. There's some things that we need to do different. If you have built the wall of submission to the man of God in your life, if you have built the wall of relationship to God and his word, it comes with that submission where you say, you know what, I've built this and I put a watchtower and I placed a man in it. And whenever he says there's something that's not right, there's an enemy that's fighting, there's something that's coming against you, it is our responsibility to hear the alarm, to hear the sound, and say whatever it is, I'll change it, I'll do it. Whatever it is, man of God, whatever it is, watchman in the tower, I will do it. I'm going to stay there for just a moment because it's so important in, in our society today this society that, that, that destroys and, and belittles authority. That we understand that authority, without authority, there is no word of God. Without authority, there is no God. That all authority, the Bible says all authority was placed by God himself. And that whenever we put someone, we, we if, I don't, need, I don't think we even have but if we had fire alarms in this building right now and all of a sudden they started sounding you would have a choice to make believe the fire alarm or say man that thing's crazy it goes off all the time 
It's a choice. It's a life or death decision that you would make. Whenever pastor, the man of God in your life, your mentors, those who lead, that you have placed over your life, when they sound the alarm, it's a decision that we make. The alarm can only do so much. The watchman can only sound the trumpet. The watchman can only tell you what's coming. It's our choice to prepare to fight. To do what the watchman tells us to do. The wall in all aspects is our protection. The wall of our relationship with God, our dedication to His Word, will be our separation. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Anybody ever been called peculiar before? <laughs> that ye should show yourself, show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and in to his marvelous light. 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 says, Wherefore come, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There is a level of separation that we as children of God should have from the world. And the defining factor of what is the world and what is of God is the wall. Our relationship with God and our dedication to His Word is what defines whether we are one of his or one of them. The wall is the separation. This wall will separate you from the world. It will cause you to recognize your true purpose and calling. It will make you to see that you are different. You will walk different. You will talk different. You will be different when you dig in to the word and fortify your relationship with God. So you're saying, Brother Lee, that, that we should build a wall that cuts all ties to the world and we should have a commune and, and there shouldn't be any tie to, to, to the world at all and we shouldn't have any connection and, and we, should, we should grow our own crops and do our... No, 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 you're missing it. There's some that believe that. We call those cults. Jerusalem had walls, but they also had a gate. The gates would allow for interaction with the world but acted as a filter for what they allowed in and what was let out. Let me see your Bible. Mine's on the desk in the office from studying this morning so I'm going to use yours. I could grab my laptop and shake it around but it's a little expensive. I might drop it. See, the Word of God, the Word of God and our relationship with God, it is the wall, but within the wall, there is a gate. It is a filter that everything that we allow into our life and anything that we let out of our life should be filtered through the wall, should be filtered through the Word and our relationship 
with God. That every time that we say, I'm going to release this, And let this go. And every time that we say, I want to bring this into my life, we should turn to the pages of the word and say, all right, let me see what the wall says about this. Let me see what the watchman has to say. Let me see what God says about this thing that I want into my life or I want out of my life. Our wall is our separation. It's what defines who we are. And keeps out the bad and keeps in the good. Our wall is our support, supporting structure. It will stabilize us as we support it. As we build our homes, our lives, our families, it should be intertwined with the wall of our relationship with God. And our dedication to his word. It should be a point of reference. That we can always say I feel safe within my home. Because it's connected to the wall. I feel safe within my school. Because I've connected it to the wall. I feel safe within my family. And even within my own Life. There's people in this world that don't feel safe even within their own life, with even within their own bodies, their own skin, their own minds. But if we will connect it to the wall, that is our relationship with God and our dedication to His Word. We will find safety, support, and stabilization. We find ourselves being much more secure in who we are and in who He is. And what he is capable of doing whenever he is the cornerstone and the solid rock of my salvation. Come on. We've got to get to a place where he supports us as we support him. If we build our homes upon a solid relationship with God and his almighty word, we will find that nothing can knock us over, that nothing can tear us down, and nothing can rip us apart. And in the same token, when the world comes against the wall, and whenever the enemy begins to fight, and whenever society begins to chip away at the blocks of the wall, that if they even get through one portion, they're going to find a family standing within their home, just on the other side of the wall, that's saying, not today. You're not tearing down this wall. You're not tearing down who my God is and you're not tearing down his word for I believe in it. I can testify about it. I know who he is and I know what he's done for me. We need some families today who are supported by the wall but also whenever the enemy comes in like a flood, you raise up that standard against them and you say, you know what? You're not tearing down this wall in my family. You're not tearing down this wall in my home It will stand today. We've got to be a church, a family, a people that supports, that supports a relationship with God and his holy, mighty word. There's got to be a home, a family, and a church body 
that's supported by God and his word, but also at all times support it as well. Standing firm as an added level of support to the world that wants nothing more than to tear down and destroy our relationship with God and his word. If whoever's closing will help me out here, I want you all to stand with me this morning.